Welcome to the Three Wins Podcast, presented by Legacy Advisory Partners. My name's Sean Lydon with Lydon Communications, LLC, and I'm the producer of the Three Wins. And today, Legacy's president, Russ Clemmer, speaks with Bobby Mitchell, president and COO at Applied Ceramics Incorporated, an Atlanta-based manufacturer of high-temperature products for the aerospace, automotive, medical, and energy sectors. Bobby, who also serves on the board of directors at Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, shares his journey about how his Christian faith has shaped his leadership style and business philosophy. If you find this type of content to be valuable, please hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app and please leave a review. This will let us know what you think and also help others find the three wins. Now, on to the next episode of the Three Wins Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Three Wins Podcast. I'm Russ Clemmer uh, from Legacy Advisory Partners, and I am with Bobby Mitchell Jr. here uh, today, and he's joined us to kind of give a, a second-generation perspective on Fellowship of Companies for Christ International. And so you're also, you know, that's that's a big part of what you do, but your day job is with Applied Ceramics, correct? Correct. Okay. And you're the president there. I'm the president. How there. long have you been working in the company in, in, in that capacity? Since 2006. 2006. Okay. And that's with dad. Yeah. So and dad. some brothers. And two brothers. And two brothers. Okay. So y'all are all working together and, and you got the family dynamic, but you got the leadership dynamic and different things going on, but y'all are, y'all are working in really in a sense of fellowship of companies for Christ International, a little bit on steroids because you got to do it not just with other people, but you got to do it with your family. Right. And so it adds a little bit. <laughs> My dad's got a company and I worked for him for a while. Great, solid Christian man and has, has kind of operated his business. And I, you know, being around here and hearing the name Larry Paquette, that's what I grew up listening to talk about, you know, from my dad, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do this? Well, this is what Larry says. So maybe I should do it that way. But you grew up with that conversation and messaging and hearing about an FCCI. What did you do early on? So, so from college and getting into your career, what are some of the things that, that you were a part of in, in earlier on in your career in history? Yeah, applied ceramics or with FCCI? Even before applied, uh, applied ceramics. So have you oh. always been with applied ceramics? So interestingly enough, I started with applied ceramics when I was 18 years old. 18, okay. As okay. a $5 an hour maintenance gopher. So $5 an hour. I learned all the places to hide. Where you would go on Friday afternoons at three o'clock if you didn't want to be found. Learned all the bad habits. I got it. I got it. Which okay. has been like great now because people are like, how did you find me? I'm like, well, yeah, I know yeah, all the hiding you, spots. You, yeah, no, nobody can hide. So 18 to what? What was the next part? So I worked for three summers out there. Swore I would never go back. Got out of college. And it just so happened that Applied was at a very critical time where they were doing a joint venture and General Motors was buying 20% of our company. Mm. And my dad needed to hire me, actually, mm. a mm-hmm. process engineer. And I, okay. fit, I fit the bill. And so he said, he made an appeal and said, hey, you know, it's the perfect time for you to come join the company. And I've actually got to hire your skill set. 
And so I joined, it was a great, great job. And I learned a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a little bit, it was a unique job where I probably got to do more significant things than than a normal person my age at 22, right out of school would have been able to do. Yeah. Where'd you go to school? I went to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Okay. Mm -hmm. You did. Your dad went to Vanderbilt. He went to Vanderbilt as well. Okay. And then he went to graduate school at Clemson. Yeah. Go Tigers. And I went to graduate school at Georgia Tech. Okay. That's fine. So okay. we all Jackets. get along. That's good. That's yeah, right. Good. No problem with that. Well, so you got in early and what, what was that journey like working with dad? So my dad is 25 years older than me. And so it's funny looking back because he's quite a bit, he, he really wasn't that much older than me looking back. He was still in his forties, yeah. 47 when I showed up at 22. Yeah. Now that I'm 50, 47 seems really <laughs> young, but I showed up. The way he tells the story, when he went to Applied Ceramics, there's a whole story about that. I won't go into that. Mm -hmm. But he was there, and he was an entrepreneur, and he actually was thinking about selling. He used that, and they built FCCI, started FCCI. Mm -hmm. He was his own man, entrepreneur, running the company. And then, as he tells it, his son showed up. And then another son showed up. Yeah. And then another son showed up and he's got <laughs> he, a family business. He didn't know he had so many sons, did he? And he's like, and people are like, hey, Bobby, you have a great family business. How'd you figure that out? And he's like, I don't know. My sons kept showing up. So how about um, that? So it was, it was neat. And, and I would say I got a lot of great opportunities. After I had been there three or four years, I was going to leave and go off to business school. Okay. It may not may not have uh, come back, but we were applied ceramics was at another critical juncture. We were doing some other stuff, and so my dad offered me another job because the company it was just it was it was at a place where it fit. He said, "I think you can go to school here part time while you got this job, mm-hmm. and you know we can make sure you don't work more than forty hours because you're going to school too." Yeah. So that worked for about, so I, I did that. I did not go off to school. And that was at Tech. That, I went, He's yeah. down the street at Tech. I went part-time at Tech. So as thing, as agreements like that usually go, it lasted for about three months. And I was in Tech and working 60 hours back in Applied <laughs> Ceramics because it didn't work out quite that way. So right. it never, it, it, you know, it always, it wasn't always smooth, mm-hmm. but things have always worked out. And so it ended up being great for me. I graduated in 2000 and Lee, my brother Lee had just come about that time. Mm -hmm. And my dad was always very good about including us at FCCI events. I know that I would go to an event and I would get to sit next to Henry Blackaby at dinner and I would be able to talk to Henry Blackaby as a, you know, 28 year old asking him questions, not really understanding who Henry Blackaby was, or Larry Burkett or Bruce Wilkinson or, or some of the giants that I've just yeah. gotten to sit with them and I've gotten to hear their teaching, but yeah. I've also gotten to sit with them and eat with them and get yeah. to know them. And so that, I, looking back on it, it was really phenomenal. I don't think I understood how good of a foundation that was creating in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it definitely a head start on some of those concepts and, and different things. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was pretty wise and he hired, he hired somebody with the job of his job. He had two parts of his job. One was to run the company and the second was to mentor me mm. so that my dad and I have different personalities. And mm-hmm. so, which is often the case, with which is often the case. My sons are. Very different from me. You know, the way I've described it, you know, having thought about it a lot uh, later, 
over the years is my dad's more of the startup guy. Mm-hmm. He can make anything happen from nothing. He's mm-hmm. really ingenious when it comes to that. But I don't think that way. And I don't, that's not the way I see the world. Mm-hmm. I'm more of the scale-up guy. Mm-hmm. So I have to take something that's already been kind of started and then I can run with it. Yeah. And, but I can do things that maybe he can't do. Sure. And not to put him in a corner, he can do whatever he wants to do. But we're different in that way and Mm -hmm. uh, unique. And I think he recognized that. So he brought in somebody to mentor me, more of that type of skill set. So that that was wonderful. And as my brothers have come on, he's always made sure we had our little corner of the company where we could kind of have some freedom Mm -hmm. to operate. We weren't necessarily having to work with each other every single day on Mm -hmm. every single thing, which I think was incredibly wise. So it gave us some room to grow and, and, you know, build up a nice company. Yeah. And so, you know, his conviction and, and, you know, leading and and talking about the startup with SCCI, SCC to begin with and SCCI. Along the way, he mentioned when we were speaking earlier about the kind of the the younger generation part of SCCI. So there was, there was an element of SCCI just for the younger generation can you talk a little bit about that? Is that were you a part of that? I know he said something about Dan Kathy being a part of that. Different different people along the way. I really was not a part of that. Okay, was that before? That was before. That was before me. Yeah, I went okay. to one event one time. Okay, but it really I was kind of on the tail end of that. Got it. And is that still around or not really? Mainly just the the core group with the just the, okay yeah yeah and you know he was you know talking about some of those names and and. You know. So real quickly, he forgets uh-huh. that he was like 30 when he started FCCI. Yeah. And so he was the young exec. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so he when he said, you know, true, Kathy was one of the speakers and then Dan Kathy went, you know, he was a part of maybe setting up this other thing. And, and, you know, you hear some of these stories and, you know, in my, in my little mind and space and, and how long I've been around, I'm thinking, how on earth do you do? Right. And that's what a what a cool story. What a yeah. great thing to be a part of. Well, that's and, how he's been gifted. He's been yeah. gifted at starting stuff yeah. from nothing and, yeah. and being able to make something of it. But I think it's it's you know kind of you know the the two different dynamics there. What now with FCCI? What's ahead? You know what what's you know many of the founders are still the core group of guys are still around. They're still leading. They're still you know talking, organizing, planning. What's really ahead? Because that's part of what is so interesting is FCCI's, you know, changing. You know, it has changed many times over the years. It will continue to change. But that core message that I've heard and appreciated is, you know, fellowship of people who want to lead their companies for Christ. Right. What does that mean? How does it look? The salvation, sanctification, service concept, the different things like that, the FCCI teaches and, and, and pushes forward, what is that really in your mind, you know, just as you see applied ceramics looking forward, right? You see different things, you got different things on your mind. What does that look like for SCCI? So, well, there's a, a few things. One, one is I believe you have to hold things with an open hand mm-hmm. and they get, God can take you all sorts of different directions. And sometimes it's not the direction you thought you were going to go. And you also, one of the things I learned from Henry at an FCCI conference was looking around for where God's at work and then joining God. And then that tends to yield the biggest harvest 
mm-hmm. um, of fruit. So I would say, what's okay to answer your question then in light of those those two things, I would say the the number one thing right now, the number one problem that I see current 2021 is our culture is not the same as it's a, it's it's a really radically changing culture and a lot of Christians are cut off and are in are operating in silos. They're mm. operating by themselves. Mm. And especially you have the business owners typically operate in silos too. Mm-hmm. There's not somebody to talk to yeah. about, you know, you can't go to the lunchroom and talk about making payroll mm-hmm. or you know, I'm worried about my bank, you know, with, the, you know, the various business problems that come up and the amount of risk you have to take or not take or, or the strategic decisions. Mm-hmm. So, so oftentimes you're in a silo anyway. And so when they first started FCCI, they were trying to cater to that need. But right now you have the added problem that Christianity isn't necessarily popular right now. And so it's a double whammy for Christian and yeah. in, in biz, Christian business owners and business mm-hmm. leaders is who do you connect with? So FCC, that's the big problem. That That is the big thing. When I talk to people, business leaders, and I say, well, that's what FCCI is all about is connecting business owners. That is where I see the hunger and the, I just want to connect with other people. I just want yeah. to talk to other people yeah. that will get what I'm saying where it's mm-hmm. a safe place that I can just talk about stuff and mm-hmm. get to know people and hear what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's not always bad. Sometimes it's good. I want to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, this is what I'm doing. I want to share what I'm doing. So yeah. it's not necessarily bad. It's 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 good too. So so connection is number one, and that's the fellowship part is, is creating ways to connect. So we have you know a, a major national conference, international conference once a year. Yeah, that's coming up in Colorado. Yep, David. Good. Yep. So so that's a place where just there's so many ways to connect with different people and learn about, you know, learn from the speakers or the breakouts or stuff, but it's just one of the greatest things I get out of it is meeting up, meeting people, talking to other people. And that's what I find everybody really craves. Mm -hmm. The second thing is learning. Okay. Well, what does this even mean? You say, I want to run it on biblical principles. What the heck does that mean? You know, is it treat everybody the way I want to be treated? You know, is it just the golden rule stuff or is it, the Ten Commandments, or is it mm-hmm. more than that, or mm-hmm. is it just tied to my profits? Or mm-hmm. so there's a there's a lack of understanding. And when I say lack of understanding, I mean it's the Bible. You can go; it's a pretty deep ocean. You can go pretty far yeah. on, on a lot of that stuff. And there's a lot of great information in there. But from a practical standpoint, when somebody decides, okay, I want to use my company as a platform, you know, to reach others for Christ and to grow other people. I don't know how to do that. What are the first steps? And so FCCI can help you do that. I think that that is what resonates in, in, you know, being 38 and, you know, being in a position of leadership and ownership, you start looking around and you're thinking, what does this mean? And how have my experiences as a guy, as a husband, as a dad, as a Christian, how do I express those in a business setting? Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, you know, read some different things and your daddy talked about when they were trying to, you know, kind of coming up with this, there was nothing written really out there other than Stanley Tam's book. Right. And, and that's good. But, you know, now there's some more stuff, but it's getting back to. Well, how do I express this? And 
versus a formula. And so with business management, you see formulas out there. The entrepreneur operating system, EOS. Right. Different formulas out there where if I follow this, then this is the that's not necessarily wrong. You know, those aren't necessarily bad ideas to, you know, go kind of go down that route. But what I appreciate what you said and what your daddy said is that when you're when you get involved with Jesus, there's no real formula other than spending time with him, reading the Bible, and fellowshipping with other Christians who can kind of ease you in. But the outcome, who knows what's gonna happen. Right. And that's what to me is so exciting. And that's really the the push to say, all right, you have the silos here, and then you got the popularity question. If it's really for Christ, then it's got nothing to do with popularity. You're beyond that, even though that's still something that that folks struggle with. It seems also like a, a theology question of what are people learning in church? What are they being taught is the purpose of having a business to begin with? Why are you, why have you been given that entity or asset or whatever it is? What's your purpose and outcome with it? And I think those are some yeah. things that are lacking in, in behind maybe where they could be. Well, you know, and, and some people struggle with that statement of what you've been given. You've been given that company. You know, that's a lot of people have worked really hard to get to where they are. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's that struggle of how much did I do and then how much did God look with favor on what I did and bless my work. (laughs) And it's, you know, so I think there's some deeper questions you got to come to terms with, but how do y'all help people work through that question? Cause I don't, I know it's not everybody that comes to the FCCI is 100% is God's company. I'm ready to give it full hundred percent. Most people aren't that way. You, You grow into it. So there is no formula and I understand what you meant by that of it doesn't mean A plus B plus C equals D. Yeah. But however, well, you're a process engineer, but, you know. but you're, yeah. but you're, but there is a formula. Yeah. You read the Bible. You, I mean, you go to church, you, I mean, there, you, there are specific things that you do and then how you choose to play off of that becomes a unique journey. And you, you can accomplish, it's like I was, tell, I was talking about Henry Blackaby, look for where God's at work. Well, I may say, see God at work doing one thing. You may see God at work doing something completely different. We both may do different things and bear a lot of fruit yeah. just because of the way we're uniquely made yeah. with yeah. our skill sets. Yeah, I think that's one of the coolest things about got to make it Christ your own. in our relationship with him. It's got to be your own. There's no there's no two Bobby Mitchell Juniors. There's no two There are no, no two me, Bobby Mitchell Juniors. Right. Thank goodness. <laughs> but it's just that idea of, you know, when you get involved with Jesus, you never you can't imagine what's going to happen. But it's easy to the say good that. And the, the the hard and the, the right the 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 the, the valleys and the hilltops, right? right. He's going to carry you through different things, but his expression through you is very unique. And it, it's if you if you resign yourself to allowing that to happen, it can be a whole lot of fun and really interesting to find out. And that interesting is a good word, yeah. even more so through a business, right? Is different than just maybe through a career. It's a different con- it's a different application, different concept. Yeah. I you know, I would say even from a secular standpoint, the way we run the business is going to be different. 
the way I operate applied ceramics is not going to be the way my dad operates applied ceramics. Mm-hmm. Operated and and I think that you know looking back along the way, it's easy to talk about now, but there were some some struggles there where my dad was like, "What my son has lost his mind? What is what is he doing?" Mm-hmm. And times where I was like, "I think my dad just is out to lunch, doesn't understand what I'm trying to say." Mm-hmm. It's just different perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. It's different ways of doing that. It's it's different ways of running a business. It's different ways of living out your faith. It doesn't mean one is better than the other. Yeah, they can both be great. So you know, talking, but you got to have the freedom to let people do that. That's right. And I think that that's so in your experience, your kind of journey through, what are some stories of where you, you know, have, have seen God at work in, in ways that maybe you didn't expect through the business or through being open to, and be in a, in a position of obedience to, you know, companies for Christ, that, that kind of the purpose behind that. What are some stories that you've seen? Cause that's really, you know, part of that in, in, in the CEOs and the owners that are watching, you know, part of this is it, it may not look exactly the same, but God will work and he'll do things that you don't expect and he'll teach you through obedience. What are some things that you can, that you'd like to share that makes sense, you know, that, that encourage people along in, in pursuing that? With well, I would, I would say my dad started a Bible study when he first went out there in 1976. And, and one of the byproducts of that is we've had a lot of people come to Christ as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And he's led a lot of people to Christ. That's been really, it's been really interesting. And, and it has built a, a pretty nice culture, but, but I would one of one, I'll tell you something that happened last week. That's kind of interesting. And a lot of times these are like the small things that they, you, you almost miss them and you, they, they seem almost insignificant, but they're not insignificant. And so last week I was given a talk at our company in our regular Tuesday meeting and I, I talked about, I read the verse Philippians 4, 8 mm-hmm. about thinking. And I thought, and I talked about literally for about three minutes on, on that verse and why it was so important and how we need to be positive. And if we're positive, thinking about things that are excellent and praiseworthy and, and noble and, and all the list. And in just that we can get into self-fulfilling prophecies of thinking about just having negative thoughts and just, that's just a practical thing. And I, and I shared it during our meeting. I had two people individually come up to me later that day. One was crying, the mm-hmm. other, and these are salaried people. These are salaried yeah. people. Yeah. And both of them were just blown away and like, I don't know how you knew to say that to me, but I've been struggling with that. And then that led to me being able to give a book to the lady to talk about. There's a book written about Philippians 4 8, Joy Filled Life. Mm-hmm. So just little things like that, you know, yeah. that are almost, they, they seem insignificant, but they're not insignificant. Yeah. And one of, one of the other things I've learned is that our culture is not, a lot of people that are older, and now that I'm getting older, I can fall into this trap too, but you don't realize where the current culture is. Hmm. And it's not like it was 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't go to church. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have a family, yeah. a nuclear family. They don't have somebody, yeah. they don't have an uncle to go 
and when they get away with it from their parents, maybe they don't even have two parents. I mean, you just don't have the nuclear family and people don't go to church. And so people don't know where to go to talk about their problems. Mm -hmm. And so people are isolated. And so, and a lot of people don't know, our country is very biblically illiterate. They don't know the Bible stories. So you talk about, pick one, you talk about David and Goliath. A lot of people don't know what that even means. They don't know what you're talking about and they nod and they smile and you think they know what you're talking about. But that's been one of the shocking things is a lot of people are so biblically illiterate through no fault of their own. I'm not throwing stones. It's just, if you're not going to church and schools don't teach it, where are you going to get that? And if it's not coming through the home, it's not there. And so the business becomes one of the few places where you can come back and you can provide that, that yeah. missing element in people's lives. And I think, you know, some of the fear, some of the, you talk about silos and that people, you know, is this appropriate, the appropriateness of having Christ in the workplace. And the argument is, you know, faulty because, you know, somebody saying that, you know, not having Christ in the workplace is appropriate. Well, there's going to be something some theology is going to be in the workplace. And so, you know, encouraging, you know, a lot of the people that I, you know, I've been around and talk with, you know, it's, well, I, you know, I don't think that's, that we don't really do that. That's, you know, it, that's what, that's in this part of my life. And, you know, it, I, I don't feel like it's appropriate for me to take it in here necessarily or take advantage of, of influence I have over different people and that sort of thing. And, but I think it's important to flip that a little bit and, and talk about the obedience and, and whose business is it really? And if God has placed you in that position of ownership, it's for a reason. And, you know, maybe that's personality. Maybe that's an influence of our culture. People saying, don't bring that here. Don't preach that here. That's inappropriate. You get in trouble if you talk about Jesus at work, different things like that. But I think there, it, it, people need that, to your point. People need that. They're, well, they're not here. They're not going to church. They don't have the family. They don't have the influence. And what an opportunity to use the business as a platform to be able to share. So we grew, we grew a fair amount. And, and probably about 15 years ago, mm-hmm. we brought in chaplains to, for this specific problem is we wanted chaplains to come through the plant is that people had somebody they could go to. Mm. And I was very nervous about how it would be received because of what you were just talking about. Are people going to say this is harassment or are they going to, am I going to get sued? And, you know, we decided to do it, brought them through and it was so well received because I think it's a lot in the way that you do it. If you beat people over the, it's like with most things, if you beat people over the head, people are resistant. What we've always said about the chaplains is it's a benefit that the company is paying for on behalf of the, each employee, you can choose not to take advantage of it, or you can choose to take advantage of it, but the chaplains are going to walk through and be nice to you. And so we ask that you're nice back, but if you don't want to talk to them, just say, I don't want to talk to you. So, so open that up a little bit more. So you've got a, you've got a couple of chaplains and they come by and they're there for. In both plants. We have a plant in South Carolina and one in Atlanta. Yeah. But, but so how long are they there? How often are they there? They're typically there twice a week for about an hour each. 
and they yeah. walk through. They're very good about not stopping people if they're in the middle of something or busy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they do work to get to know you like, hey, Russ, how's it going? You know, how's yeah. your how are your podcasts coming? So they know what you're doing. We're, sure. And people will chit chat with them. And what we found out is that there are people that don't want anything to do with the chaplains. But yeah. then there are people that won't stop talking to the chaplain. And the chaplain's really good about saying, hey, why don't we connect off yeah. know, after hours and we'll have a <laughs> phone call. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it's been great because it is, there was a little bit too much pressure because of our family as the owners. Mm-hmm. Like you have to do the, it, it was, sure. we had to kind of separate ourselves yeah. from feeling that you were going to get ahead in the company because that's not true. I mean, you have right. the freedom to believe whatever you want to believe. Right. right. But course. but we are going to run the company this way. Yeah. And, and we actually, real quick before we go back to chaplains, that's how we do all of our interviews mm-hmm. is we tell people this is what we're about. This mm. is how we roll. This yeah. is what we believe. Yeah. But you have the freedom to believe whatever you want to believe. But this is how we roll. So if you're uncomfortable with that, you should just know that up front because this may not be the best fit. And we're all about fit. And this yeah. has got to fit on a lot of different yeah. angles. Yeah. And that's really served us very well. Some people have taken themselves out because they didn't want to be a part of it. A lot of people say, I have no problem with it. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I've been looking for a company like this yeah. for so long. Yeah. Uh, please hire me. So it's been, po- I would say it's been overwhelmingly positive. And going back to the chaplains, it's the same way. You know, and what you find out is that People are, you don't realize, I didn't realize how lost so many people were and they don't know where to go to find answers. And so when you've got a chaplain coming through who is a resource that they know that 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 person can help them. And if they can't help them, they can get them to somebody that can help them Mm -hmm. on real issues. That's been incredibly well received. Mm -hmm. And so you know, everybody's got stuff, you know, somebody, it might be their marriage, another person, it might be their teenage daughter or their teenage son or their aging parents, or maybe somebody just got diagnosed with a disease or somebody had a flat tire and they don't have enough money to fix the flat tire or, you know, it it can be a variety of different things. Mm -hmm. And so when you come in, this is a way that it's worked out practically that I, I, I never, I never thought about it, but this was, this ended up being a huge justification is that people come in and when they've got life weighing them down with all these burdens, they're preoccupied with their burdens and they can't focus on the work. And so by adding, by adding the chaplains true for you is true for me. Correct. But by adding the chaplains and there's a way for somebody to help these people offload their burdens or just to talk about it, 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 our accident rate has gone down. We're a safer plant because people aren't as preoccupied with their burdens, Yeah, which is kind of amazing. And I wouldn't have thought that, but that's yeah. a byproduct. That's a practical, I think, it, I think that by itself pays for the chaplain program every year by yeah. itself yeah. without talking about spiritual fruit or anything else. It's kind of shocking actually. Yeah. But people are happier. I get a report every six months mm-hmm. on, I don't, it's never, it's always confidential. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't want to know who, who talked about what. Sure. Because sure. that would defeat the purpose of, of that program. 
But one of the things that they do that I find so phenomenal is they will give me a report and we'll talk through, hey, these are the categories of conversations. Mm -hmm. So we had 430 conversations at your site in the last six months. Think about that, 430 conversations about real stuff. Mm -hmm. That's kind of unbelievable. You know, we had, we shared the gospel six times. We had one person accept Christ. Mm. We had, you know, 25 phone calls off to the side. We connected two people with urgent, you know, there was somebody that needed this or that. The topics were, I always thought the topics were going to be management and pay. That's what I thought they were going to be when we started. (laughs) But they've never made the top five. Is that right? No, it's always like family health or, you know, kids or like parenting, marriage, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, applied ceramics is not in the Bible. But all of those functions of taking care of people and listening and caring about them, all of that is in the Bible. Those are the right. things that y'all are living out, which is in, I wonder how many, how many companies out there have that kind of program. Chaplains? Yeah. A lot. I mean, we outsource, we, we go through a, a company that does that for yeah, us, yeah, yeah. but there's, yeah, there's, there's two or three of them that do a really great job. How about that? Yeah. I wonder if, so has that been something that you've been able to share with other FCCI groups of oh, yeah. companies so, and be able to hear that and apply that. Absolutely. Way. So when you come to the conference, mm-hmm. there's lots of ministries like that that come to our conference okay. and they share about what they offer. And so part of when I'm saying you, that, that you want people to be connected. So like when y'all come to the conference, the, the chaplain organization mm-hmm. will be there at a breakout table. Got it. And Got you'll it. see them there and you can talk to them Wonderful. and they'll say, oh yeah, you know, you can talk to these five people over here. We, we service their companies. So when I say about being connected, it's not necessarily the individuals mm-hmm. it's being, you can also be connected to other organizations. Yeah. So I want to know and, and pick a topic. So if you want to be connected in, in to Christians that do something like, I need a, somebody that does family wealth advising. I don't know who to talk to. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Russ Crossan is, works at Ron Blue, and he's yeah. one of our speakers, and yeah. he knows exactly. Well, I don't know how to do giving. I really need somebody to help me with my foundation. Well, Terry Parker started NCF, and he's, right. he's sitting over there, and he can help talk to you about that. So there's experts of different things that are out there that are – so when you connect, you can you – can, it's really remarkable how you, you can – learn a lot and get yeah. connected with some great people and organizations. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what we're, David and I are excited about. And it, honest to goodness, you know, it, it, being, being newer to FCCI, it, it's just that breath of fresh air of, you know, there's a lot of people out here asking that question. And that's a part of where. And it's encouraging know, when you find out there's a lot more people out there than I thought, because sometimes and, and, it feels yeah. like there's only 28 people out there. And you're like, yeah. there's not that many of us. Well, and not everybody. But there are. You're not going to a group that's got all the answers. You're going to a group no. looking for, how do I do this well? How right. do I obey well? How do I fulfill this mission? You know, this Acts 1-8 is really a, a living out of Acts 1-8, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Like, Absolutely. Living that out. And, you know, but that's out of, you know, watching David and one of the things that attracted me to working with David and, and, you know, not just that he's my father-in-law, 
but he had written The Great Eight, a book about the eight virtues and the eight vices found in the Beatitudes. And it was that it was that testimony of, you know, some of the struggles and rough stories of, of partnerships and different things that had not gone really the way that he wanted them to. And he and another partner at the time sat down and said, what are we about? What does it mean to do what we're doing? And that's something that, you know, came out of those discussions was the great eight. And David, you know, much like your daddy, just, you know, can kind of take something and, you right. know, get it to where it is. And, and I admire that. And I think that's, that's really what, you know, not everybody wants, they may admire the question, but the work it takes, because it's not easy. The work it takes to fulfill that is sometimes a heavy burden. You know, Absolutely. sometimes it's easier just to leave it, you know, not worry about it. And so what's that been like as far as, you know, trying to lift that sometimes and, kind of, you know, maintain that level of obedience in, in following the Lord. It's not just easy. It's not just these great stories of 430 people, you know, having those, because that's a really encouraging story, but sometimes it's hard, right? It's always hard. Yeah. I mean, there's always, it, it's never quite as uh, nice as, as it seems looking yeah. back, you know, yeah. and there's valleys and there's mountaintop experiences and there's, there's both, right? But we're still around and we're still there. And 53 years, the company's been around. So that's a long time. But, you know, you, you've, you've got you've to make it your own. It's got to be your journey. Mm-hmm. And so that's the single biggest thing is you can talk. My dad can talk about his journey. But until I make it my journey, it doesn't get transferred. I'm just living out his journey. Yeah, yeah. And so for my brothers as well. So we've got to have yeah. our own journeys We've got to believe what we believe. And you have to go through those tough times, those valleys to foster and chisel out what you really believe. And, you know, it's, I think my dad laid a great foundation, offered us a great path to involve us, like I was talking about earlier. And and so, you know, it, it's it's like the verse, train a child in the way to go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. That's really true because when you expose people, it, it's, it sticks. A lot of it sticks, even though you may take the long way around and it may not come back quite as quick as the parents hoped, you do kind of come back. So same is true in business. So we went through, my two brothers and I went through a, re, for a reorganization um, of the company okay. with, without my dad. Okay. Now, I don't mean that we that we told him what he was going to do. What, what I mean is that we reorganized our roles and how we were going to interact with each other. And it took us, you know, if you follow the regular group, you know, you have the forming, norming, storming, the different stages of mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. groups. Mm-hmm. We went through those stages and we had already been working together for you know, a long time. And uh, we did that probably about four years ago, four or five years. And uh, it took six or seven months to kind of work through that. And we, we had a lot of, now we get along, we're good people. We, we don't, there's not, or we, I mean, I'm calling myself good, but I mean, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't call myself good, but, that, that's okay. but I mean, we're, we're decent people and we yeah. get along and, and there's no real issues with mm-hmm. us, but there were a lot of stuff beneath the surface. And so it took a while for us to work through that stuff. We all had a very good approach and we learned how to work together and 
how to have disagreements and how to debate things properly mm-hmm. and how to approach things and how not to approach things. And it's just really been awesome from a family dynamic standpoint. It's really improved our relationships and our working and our in the company, really, because we get along so much better. But one of the things that that was a key sentence very early on was my dad's one of the vision. We started with my dad's vision statement, and one of the words in the vision statement was world-class. And that's two words, but it's hyphenated, so I call it one word, but it's world-class. Yeah. And so I got, I got fixated on, okay, well, what is world-class? And so, you know, you can answer it quickly, but I really chewed on it and really thought about it, really researched it, and then came back around, and I should have done this in the beginning. It would save me a lot of time. I looked up the definition in the dictionary, and world-class means being best in class or above everybody else, just better than everybody else, mm-hmm. better, which sounds kind of obvious, yeah. but the sentence that made all the difference was that we took on was world-class is a journey, not a destination. You never get there. That's the biggest thing that came through all that research was it's a journey. And so if you have that perspective that you never get there, mm-hmm. it's a constant work in progress. Mm-hmm. And I think that that applies also with your with everybody's biblical and spiritual journey as well. That you're never there. Mm-hmm. It's always you're never. There is no destination. Mm-hmm. You're always working on it. You always have to get better. You always have to improve. There's always something else. And so, to me, when you really, when that realization really hit me, it humbles you. Because then you start to realize how far you are from where you want to be. And the, and the further, the more you work at trying to get there, the further off you get, if that makes sense. And, you know, Paul talks about that as well. But, but I found it to be true that the better we get, the better, the better we operate, the more fruit we have, mm. the more we've got to do. Mm. Oh, my gosh, we're even further away. Yeah. And it's been a real powerful, it, 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 it's been great for us. Yeah. And so we also, the, another thing that we, and this is unique for me versus my dad. And we talked about some of the differences between us earlier. So one of the things that, that I do, the, the way that I see the world is putting in systems and processes mm-hmm. so that the organization can continue to yeah. do, yeah. even if I'm not there. And so that's my, that's always been my philosophy is, and my brother shared, I don't mean to single, single, single me out, but how can we build it in so that it happens? It just happens. It's routine. It just always happens. And so one of the things that we did was we created a customer service program Mm -hmm. around the book, Raving Fans by Kim Blanchard. Yeah, no Kim. So rave, the premise of raving fans is you don't want satisfied customers. You want raving fans mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. customer, I mean, because satisfied customers will leave you and raving fans never will. So how do you create a raving fan? So we created this customer service program centered around five things mm-hmm. that and this took a lot of research, a lot of time. Maybe I shouldn't give you all five. Maybe I could charge for it. If people called me, I'm just kidding. I won't charge for it. The five things are you want to build relationships. 
mm-hmm. with our customers. You want to define what the problem is. Ask them what they want. What's their problem? Every Customers have different problems. It's yep. not always, I want the cheapest product the fastest. Sometimes yep. they have other issues. Then you provide a solution to that problem. You respond quickly, and then you deliver what you agree to deliver. And if you do those five things, what we found is that our customers for what we do are absolutely thrilled with, I mean, overjoyed. Like, I can't believe you guys exist. Y'all are the best ever. Complete raving fans. And so as we have done that, our business has grown. And we've we've kept people and we've been able to, you know, add a Biggie Fry along with the Big Mac. You know, we've been able to upsize people's business and just do a much better job. And it takes a lot of the drama out. And we've put in a system where we actually measure that through, we have actual measurements, a system that measures raving fans. And we have certain goals to have so many raving fans as customers. So that's been really, really awesome. And you designed that measurement process as well? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But it's all based off of one thing. And tomorrow we're having a company meeting. Mm-hmm. And in 15 minutes, I'm going to walk the entire company through how it's a biblical principle mm. and what it is. So one of my dad, one of my dad, well, really my dad's vision for the company was that we would be world-class and operate on biblical principles mm-hmm. and glorify Jesus in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. That was really his vision. So in order to work that out, we have to create biblical pl- principles that we just execute on a daily basis, even mm-hmm. if people don't know it's a biblical principle. Yeah. So that's what this is. It's, a, it's based on a biblical principle. And the biblical principle it's based on is loving your neighbor. Mm. So if you love your neighbor, how do you actually love your neighbor? It's not a feeling. Love is a verb. So how do you actually love your neighbor? And so that's how we love our customers. Mm. So when we love our customers and we've, we've figured out a measurement system to do it and they feel loved, they return the love by buying more stuff from us because they love us. So they give us more. I mean, it's kind of a. Mm-hmm. That's who they want to be in. in, in a but it's based a off a biblical principle. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow, what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to explain what a biblical principle means. And so when I talk about the culture being such a mess and people being so biblically yeah. illiterate. Yeah. I can say biblical principle all I want and half the crowd ain't going to understand what I'm talking about. Right. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to put the definitions up on the board mm-hmm. of what, what is a biblical principle mean? Mm-hmm. It means it's a rule or guideline from the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what it means. Yeah. And so why is it important? And then I have to go through Mark 20, 30, 31, where Jesus talks about, you know, love God with all your, heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Those are the, everything's based on that, yep. right? First, first commandment, then second is like it. Yep. Right. And so this is coming from Jesus's mouth saying it is one of the two most important things in life. And so we want our business to embody that principle with its customers all day long, because yep. we believe strategically it separates us and allows us to grow our business, honor God, Uh, by just applying a biblical principle that he said was important anyway. Now, the other thing is we believe that, and we haven't gone, I'm not going to talk about this tomorrow, but 
if you, you can take the raving fans thought process, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to mention it tomorrow, but you can take it to a different level and say, okay, so in every area of your life, if you're trying to love your neighbors, how are you doing? If you were going to rank yourself or rate yourself, how are you doing? Is your wife a raving fan? Is, are your kids raving fans? Are they satisfied customers? Are they unsatisfied customers? I mean, think about that from yeah. a from a marriage and divorce standpoint. Oh, goodness. Where, you know, if you're an unsatisfied customer, you leave, right? Well, how do you make sure your wife or your husband is a raving fan? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What are you? So are you building your relationship with the person? Mm. Do you know what their needs are? Mm. Are you meeting their needs? Mm-hmm. Are you responding quickly? And are you delivering what you're supposed to deliver, which you've agreed to deliver? It's kind of simple, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a working out. So that's all that is. So that's an example of loving your neighbor, a biblical principle, how we've applied it at Applied Ceramics. Yeah. Well, and what's great about it is it's, you know, not just teaching somebody about a, you know, a principle and then saying, go figure it out how you want to. Right. It's here's the principle. Here's a personal application. Here's how we're applying it in the business to help continue to, you know, serve our clients well and people around us. And that really, in so many ways, when you hear about a biblical principle or some sort of teaching, it's what does that mean to you? And you get a million different answers versus here's how you go apply it. Well, the outcome may be different because it's unique to you. So, so what I find is a little bit different is that here's the truth. Yes. In our culture, truth is relative. Yes. It's how, it's what I feel. Yeah. But it's not that. It's not. So the Bible is truth. And this is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And you can choose not to agree with it. Yeah. Or believe it yeah. or, or not. That's your choice. Right. You have the freedom right. to choose, yeah. which is what everything's based on. That's, that's the beautiful part about this is if you don't agree, that's okay. But this is what the Bible says. Yeah. And that's the truth. And this is a way to apply it. You can apply it other yes. ways. Yes. It's not just, this is not the only way to apply it, yeah. but it is a way. Yeah. It is an example. So that what we found for us is that over the years, as people don't know this stuff, because they haven't been, some people do, but the people that haven't been to church or don't have families are like, man, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, we're, like give me more. Like, what else can I learn about things like this? And they'll go teach their families. And so my belief is that FCCI is a huge opportunity to change the course of this nation mm-hmm. and the world mm-hmm. because it's a way to teach into people that don't go to church yeah. and aren't connected through family and mm-hmm. you can teach and connect. And so if you can take care of your employees and your sphere of influence and this organization of FCCI can reach the world and things like this. Yeah. That really is a vision. I think that, you know, listening to those things, you know, it's one thing to hang across on the door in the lobby. It's one thing to, you know, kind of talk about things every now and again. But this is real practical stuff where you're saying this is how we live it out with our customers. Here's how we live it out with our clients. This is way, you know, and I love that. So FCCI is an opportunity because you've had dad 
I mean, you, you, the stuff you're saying is just is just pure gold nuggets. Oh, thank you. It's great. I mean, it, it, it's great, and it's you know, you you put it into a book, and people are like, "Yeah, I got to learn all those things." But I can also imagine that people coming into FCCI who maybe young Christians, they own a company that young Christians, or they've never had that example. It's it's doable for them because obedience is just where you are, right? Right. And and so I think that's one of the things that FCC also offers is helping owners where they are in their spiritual journey begin that process. You may not do everything perfectly the first you know five years, but you're working in that you're, you're growing and you're you're, yeah. you're beginning to obey. I would I would say it's also it, it goes past just spiritual things. It's also practical things. This yeah. is a customer service program. You're taking care of your customers yeah. from a very practical standpoint. Now it's got deeper roots in it, but but there are, you know, if somebody were to hear this and think about this in their business and they're like, you know what, I I need to take better care of my customers. It may not be this pro- this program exactly. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. But the the concept of taking care of your customers is pretty important if you want to grow your business. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some practical things. And it really, well, it goes back to all truth. It's God's truth. So if it's a good thing to do, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Right. It, it doesn't necessarily mean well, that. that and so, who, you know, we listed, like, we have specific measurement criteria. So somebody might want to say, hey, I want to know, like, what's important to your customers. Yeah. Like, from a practical standpoint, not, not even spiritual. So you have both. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of SCCI is you can talk about business. Yeah. And you can talk about specific things and how you can improve your business. Yeah. You can also talk about spiritual stuff and yeah. how you're you're uh, bearing fruit. Or are you bearing fruit? Love it. Or are you where are you? Are you mm-hmm. just about mm-hmm. you know you have to do some good self-analysis. And I think that this organization is really good about helping with that. You know, you can join a group or you can just go to some events or you can talk to people or just being with people, I guess, knock some of that rust off yep. as iron sharpens iron, just being around other like-minded people. The community, it helps me the community of it is really, really important. And, and I will say, you know, just for people who like groups and being around and listening and learning, that's great. The extrovert people, you know, that's important. I'm an introvert. And so sometimes that idea of having to put yourself out there and do different things is a challenge but it's worth it and and, and take whatever dose you want, take whatever dose you want. And that's one of the great things about FCCI is you you don't have to take one path. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're asking what direction is it going? I think that's a new thing at FCCI that my involvement there now, Mm -hmm. and it's not just me, there's a lot of us there, but great folks involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there is a recognition that there's a lot of different paths and you don't have to do it one way. Yeah. And uh, just being together, you know, and yeah. is, you know, is just can bear a lot of fruit. And that's the, 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 one of the great things about following Jesus is that his relationship was, is, is custom with you. You know, he is, he is great. And to the point where, you know, he's created us individually and, and he doesn't just say, well, this is for all the folks that are like Russ, you know, it's just for us. This is a blessing for us. It's a blessing for Bobby. It's different things you could be a part of, which 
little bit off the topic, but it's one of the wonderful things. I don't think it's off the topic at all because I think that, especially in business, in business, you have so many unique opportunities that come your way all the time with people. Yeah. You, you just have unbelievable opportunities. I know that one of the things I learned from Henry Blackaby, again, slightly different mm-hmm. in experiencing God. I'm not sure if you ever read, went through the study or not, but there's a story that he tells about they went to a college campus and they tried to start Bible uh, Bible studies mm-hmm. and they tried for two years and could not start one. And so they all, Henry gathered them all together and said, okay, I think we're going about this all wrong. And this is where Henry learned from his failure, by mm-hmm. the way. You're talking about valleys and failures and mm-hmm. what you learn. Mm-hmm. So this truth came from Henry's learning from his failure. Mm-hmm. But he talked about, okay, we're going to pray and we're going to look for where God is working. So as you guys go through the college campus, if anybody stops you and asks you anything about God, you just stop where you are. You just talk to them. So they prayed and then they went about their day. One girl is in the lunchroom and somebody stops her and says, Hey, do you know anything about like a church service or something vague like that? And I might be not telling exactly correct, but the flavor's right. And the girl stops and goes, well, tell me what you're talking about. And she's like, well, you know, I've got eight girls on my floor and we all want to start a Bible study, but we don't have anybody to teach us. And so she's like, well, how about me? I mean, I, yeah. that's, I've been trying to do this for two years. And so they had, they had lots of different things. And so within two weeks, they had 13 different Bible studies start <laughs> up because yeah. they, just, they just changed their approach. And so the Holy Spirit was always there doing this thing. Right. But sometimes yeah. we, we march ahead of the Holy Spirit yeah. and yeah. we try to do it on our own, yeah. which in business is hard because you, you have to kind of, you have to work hard. Yeah. And you have to be strategic. Yeah. And so it, it's very difficult in business. And so there are, there are lots of, of, of places where we all have unique callings. We all have unique gifts. We all have unique things. And so I do think that if you kind of follow the, the FCCI kind of general, I call it the skeleton, the, yeah. the general do these things, yeah. then you can go where the Holy Spirit leads you yeah. and you're kind of in that vein. And that vein has worked for lots of people over many, many years. Yeah. And it predates FCCI. I don't think it's unique to FCCI. No, it's not. But it's, it, it's important to remember that, you know, when you get into the, well, what's God got for my business? And it's Is so it exciting. Like just what they're, just like what they're doing at Applied Ceramics, maybe not. But it's so exciting. You end up in a very different place than you ever yeah. thought. Talking to people, you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. I had a conversation on the way over here, actually, where I got invited to be with some pretty influential people. And I was I was kind of looking around going, I don't know how I got invited <laughs> to this group. I don't belong. Yeah. And the guy I was talking to said, you absolutely belong. And I was like, well, well why? And, and my first thought was it was something about me. Well, it was my... This or that. He goes, no, no, he goes, no, God brought you to our group. And it's very clear that he opened the door and that's why we let you in. So it had nothing to do with me. I love, I love that. I was like, how did you know that? He's like, he's like, he's like, I just, I just had a, I was praying about it the the, night before and you appeared and you said this and this. And I said, that's the guy. So it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. Which is funny, but. Isn't that so free though? 
I don't know. It's it's kind of wild, but it is free. It, it, it is because then at the same time, it's kind of like, well, hey, whatever whatever impact I make, it's still <laughs> it's still got nothing to do with you, right? In, in that sense of being a vessel, right? And the Lord absolutely through you. But that's really the blessing of and, and something I've been you know slowly learning, but more recently is that you know it, it, the the blessing of being a part of what he is doing. That's, that's the Christian walk. Oh yeah. You know, you're learning and you're growing and you're failing, you're succeeding, but walking with him and just chilling out and being able to kind of, you know, see him wherever he leads you, wherever he puts you into, that's the blessing just being with him. Well, especially when you find yourself in a unique position where your skill set is uniquely qualified to do something at that particular time with yeah. those particular people. Yeah. And then people, people are like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did all that stuff. And you're like, I didn't really, it really wasn't that hard. I didn't spend that much time. I don't feel like I did anything. And yet it produced all this fruit. Yeah. You know, so it's right. exciting when you get in the jet stream, I call that the jet stream. I like that. The jet stream. We, I used to do some, high school leadership sessions when I was, I was a teacher and coach and school bus driver, whatever else you do at yeah. school, Christian school. And one of the things I would talk about with the kids was you university. It's just that idea of there's no two of you. There's no two of me. God made you individually and take the time and the freedom and the opportunity to learn about yourself because you know, as you do that, God will show you things about yourself that you're capable of doing and able to do and things he wants to use you in different ways. And, you know, without that, you, you're looking around like, well, I don't know why I'm able to do certain things. Right. And it's okay to, it's okay to take the time to say, what am I gifted at? What am I really good at? Why am I good at this? Why are other people better at this? Why am I not so good at this? Mm -hmm. And it's not a, deficiency. It's not a weakness. It's the way God made me. It is what I didn't it make is. Me. It, right. is what it, it is what he intended. And, and I can improve, I can work through those things and strengthen those things and learn how to use them well. It's really, yeah, it, I had, I, I kind of have the perspective that I, I see God sometimes as a chess player mm-hmm. or a game player. Three he, chess. Oh, he's just yeah. amazing. And he's the right person in the right spot at the right time to do what he wants to do. Yeah. And you're like, how did, how did that happen? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is part of what this is for the podcast is to capture these stories and to share them and to, to multiply, you know, that, that conversation and encouragement, but specifically for FCCI, I think that's, that's, um, yeah. Yeah. And it's you know, a wonderful thing to be a part of. It's a, it's a great opportunity. It's a great resource. You know, the testimony of you guys even saying, Hey, this is FCCI. We lead this thing, but we have no idea where the Lord's going to tell you what he's going to do, what the next story is, but that's why you keep obeying. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, I would encourage you, we're, we're going to have some field trips. Mm-hmm. We have to come up with a better name because that's not a great name. But well, I used to be a teacher, so maybe you love that. Are good. I like so. So we've done some tests. We've done some test ones, and and one of our board members, uh, gentleman named Yorg, has done field trips for many many years, where he would bring a collection of European business owners 
to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and they would tour different Christian, different businesses that were operating on biblical principles before the conference. So they come over like a week early and go yeah. visit them, and then yeah. Go. And so we're going to try to repackage that domestically here in the U.S. Yeah, where if you're new and you're you're like you know what I want to do all this, but I have no idea where to start, and I don't. You know, you can get in a group, like we talked about the different paths. You can get in a group and that's great. And you can dive in that way. You can go to an event and you can do that. You can also go on, on a field trip and you can go see what somebody else is doing. And and you're going to be with like 20, 25 other Christian business owners. So you get to talk to them mm-hmm. while you're going on that field trip, while you're, you know, eating dinner that night, while, you know, and you make great friendships. Yeah. Yeah. So there's well, lots of ways to do it. I like field trips. That's because, you know, field trips are one of the best things ever. In school. Well, you know, Jesus' concept of come and see. Yeah. Just come see. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So that's what we want to do. I want to get, so what we're going to do on this video and, and for everybody watching in the description below, we're going to have links to FCCI, making sure they see different events, how to, how to, how to come and see, how to get a taste of what it is to learn more information about it. But, you know, you're, you're, uh, and join us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a ministry, so it doesn't fund itself. So it's gotta, that's exactly right. You gotta, you know, in the easiest way is to donate and, you know, the typical kind of, I hate to put a number on it, but, but you would, thousand dollars would be like the sustaining partnership kind of yeah, like yeah. that's kind of your minimum but you get on the list and that's how you get included is instead of trying to find to get an invite for everything yeah yeah you clear that hurdle you go on the list you're just in yeah and for most business owners that's that's an affordable amount it, it is well in in you know doing any type of education yeah. any type of, of you know growing in your skill set in, in different things whatever your trade is whatever your service is that's a that's an easy price tag on, a, I would on think any so. other kind of education session. That's great. Okay, good to know. And that's that'll all be in the description where you can go and find out more information about giving, being but but don't just get be a part of because that's really the it. essence is to learn right and to grow and to be able to take and if you feel impacted, you know, like with anything else, if you if you're really impacted, then maybe you would consider giving more. That's right. That's right. And bringing friends and being, it, we really want to build the community. Yeah. And the, one of the, one of the important things about paying a little bit is that it's that acknowledgement of a commitment of, I'm going to be a part of this. Yeah. Police and value. On and and mm-hmm. if you don't pay, you don't, you know, how much value did you really put on yeah. it? Yeah. And it's a function. What I found that FCCI is a lot like many organizations. It's a function of what you put in is what you get out. Yeah. So if you don't put a lot in and you all and you are, well, they need to do this and they need to do that, you know, it, it you're not going to get the most out of it. If you jump in and you're a part of it, you give a little bit, you're a part of it, you or go around other people, you're going to get a lot out of it. And then hopefully you would be, you know, you would continue to bring other people and go from there. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. I think that that's the key is finding something that's encouraging to you and sharing that information with other people. That's, that's what sharing Christ is. It's also sharing, you know, these other good ideas like this is right. bringing people to that table to be able to talk and learn. And grow. Right. And I would say, you know, it, it's interesting because the target audience are small business owners 
And when I say small, I mean, they're business owners, business leaders that are Christians. And so a lot of times these, these types of individuals are involved with multiple organizations. Sure. And they have a that's right. favorite ministry, a favorite yeah. church, a fa- and, that, and that's great. That's fine. Yeah. What I would say is you can continue to do that. Yeah. FCCI is a way to grow your other ministry and connect, introduce other people to your other ministry. But FCCI is your connection. Yes. That's where you want to connect with other people. It's and it, you means you as a business owner. Yeah, but you may also meet other, you know, you may meet somebody else at dinner that has another ministry that you've never heard of, but is like, wow, that's amazing. I would yeah. love to be a part of that. Yeah. Or or vice versa. And so it's just a great way to connect. And so it, it, you shouldn't look at it as yeah, I can only be in this one versus that one or fund this versus fund that. And that's why we've made the level where it is. So. Very good. Okay. Well, again, I hope everybody gets a chance to learn more. I'm clicking on the links below and, and continuing to find out more. And, and you know, the, I think going back, Bobby, what you said, if you are not, if you're watching this video and you're not, you know, someone who uh, believes in Christ and, and not necessarily Christian, and, but you still have a business, you're still looking for good principles to lead it on. I think that's the key to take away is these are still true things. These are still things that can improve your business and, and, and you know, the way to go. And that's what we like to do with, with the three wins. The three wins is how do you manage your business from a financial perspective to make sure that you are taking care of the things. And at some point it's enough for you. Mm-hmm. How are you paying it forward? And in the Christian world, that's giving and supporting and, 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 and continue and, and if it's not, it's how are you supporting people who, who you know, may need other opportunities and, diff- and, and may have, you know, different disadvantages that you want to be a part of. And that's what the, the opportunity to have a business is, how to help those around you and continue to uh, tell that story. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here, Bobby. Thank you, Russ. Uh, I've learned a lot. I know the folks watching have, and, and we look forward to having you again. Great. Thank you for listening to the Three Wins Podcast. We have links to some awesome resources in the show notes. And if you haven't already done so, please click subscribe so you won't miss any future episodes of the Three Wins Podcast. This is Sean Lydon signing off for now. Until next time, we'll see you then.